0: Welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And it's been a week this week, but we'll get to that uh, in due course. The only thing I will say is it's one of those weeks where the podcast really is going to live up uh, to its name. Uh, Let's kick off and let's have some of that jangly guitar. I'm actually, out for a walk, and you might be able to hear you'll be able to hear various bits of wildlife in the background. Uh, but and there we have it on cue, you might even hear a sheep or two. Um, I've just had a, a very nice iced coffee, I'm having a, a very leisurely walk. Um, and I thought I'd do you know what? I thought I'd start the podcast off uh, while I was walking, so we'll give it two seconds for this car to go past. Um, of course, I was walking on the right side of the path as there 's no pavement, so everything was fine, and that car expected me and Here comes another one. Um, we might as well start with might as well start with the weekend 's news really obviously matt Hancock um, hat Mancock uh, featured in the quest quest podcast quite heavily uh, last week uh, that that little slip goes out to Ivor, who mentioned the fact i 'd got somebody else 's teeth in last week and he was probably right. Um, in terms of all the things with regard to his extramarital affair and the fact that he'd broken his own social distancing uh, regulations and most of his own rules. Um, by Friday, number 10 was saying that it was uh, nothing to see here, uh, the matter was closed um, and obviously Boris wasn't going to do anything about it. By Saturday he'd, he'd resigned um and he'd fallen on his sword because in reality he had no choice you can't be a minister of the crown break your own rules and expect to you know expect to stay there's no there's no kind of um situation where people who have been deprived their liberty and been made to make some absolutely appalling decisions with regard to loved ones and who they would see on special occasions or you know, even more serious events in terms of you know people passing away. To then eff- effectively smile and say it's okay for the for the health secretary to be spending time with his his mistress. Um, what's really concerning is the fact that we have a prime minister in those situations who can't act. And who can't actually do the right thing and actually see that there's 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 something here that needs attending to and of course the reason he can't and the reason he won't um take action in situations like this is he's not looking at the fact he broke his own rules he's looking at the fact that there was an adulterous side to this because if we start um, if we start holding ministers up to those kind of standards in terms of their, their personal life, then everything turns back round to our Prime Minister, who is, you know, a poster boy for that kind of behaviour. Uh, and, and it really just talked to where we've, where we've, we've travelled in terms of what you will get away with. I mean there's the other side of this which is that we've got a remarkably weak cabinet we've got a remarkably a remarkable lack of talent but what we do have is cheerleaders for boris johnson and cheerleaders for brexit and of course that kind of loyalty has been rewarded but we do need to look at a situation where a prime minister is impotent in situations like this because it doesn't suit his purposes to sack a minister for for their kind of their kind of behaviour. I was reading something in the Sunday Times that suggested that he, he you know in this situation Hancock had pretty much broken every element of the ministerial code, and yet again the prime minister doesn't act. He doesn't sack him. He waits for Hancock to make the decision. Let's face it, Hancock's only made the decision because he thinks it's the easier route back into a top a top-line job he's looking at his career now going i've got to resign if i stand any chance of a, of a future career if i hang on and it ends badly there's no way back now we could argue whether there's a way back for hancock or not um in in in, in terms of this but as it stands at the moment if you take priti patel's example then hancock could be out for a year, maybe 18 months before he's invited back, and of course, Johnson will invite him back if he's still in number 10, because Johnson needs needs these kind of warm bodies. He needs these kind of people who aren't going to, you know, who aren't going to put up a fight and aren't going to, and, and are going to provide him with with cover. Um, the one thing that does come out of this is that when we finally get uh, to a situation where we have the um, where we have the um, the um, the word I'm looking for, the inquiry into into COVID, then one big piece of political cover, i.e. his health secretary, is now gone. Uh, And, you know, I think that that a lot of the accepted wisdom was that Hancock was going to be thrown under the bus at inquiry time, and now, of course, he can't. There isn't that, you know, there isn't that cover there for for Johnson moving forward. So, was that a rant? I don't know if it felt a little bit ranty. Um... But it wasn't really, it was just, I guess it's just the state we're at. I think it's just the point that, you know, as it stands now, in this kind of situation, we have a Prime Minister that won't make the right decisions because in reality, every single one of those, you know, those, those bits in the game, he's, he's done everything that he shouldn't have done and as such, he's, uh, he's, he's complicit. Tuesday. I'm not entirely sure which way to go with the sport. It all seems to be a little bit the wrong way round. Um, the Andy Murray match at Wimbledon yesterday was was incredible, um, and the we had the kind of we had the kind of sort of um, match that wouldn't I, I probably wouldn't have normally associated with Murray. Murray got. He got to be fairly clinical um, as, as a tennis player. And at 5 0 up uh, in the third set in, in his first game, I like, I think everybody, including John McEnroe, thought he would just he'd, he'd finish that final set of six love, he'd get it all, it'd all put to bed. It had been a tough first set, um, but as he went through the second set, it looked like that was it, he, he was he was on top form, he had a game plan, he was using the court very well, uh, a lot of drop shots, a um, lot of very delicate sort of slices and what have you, uh, getting his opponent running around the court and, and he, he seemed to be managing the game out really really well and then we got to 5-0 and you know he's broken three times in the set, or two, yeah three times I think in the set, I think he was serving and, um, and then suddenly it all falls away and before we know it he's lost that third set, 7-5, losing seven games on the spin Um which was probably more henman-esque than murray-esque in terms of what i i seem to recall maybe i'm i'm recalling it badly um but then we had the flip of of the england performance today whereby they come out they're very disciplined they're very structured um they they take two chances very clinically and and they you know in a, in a very professional manner they finished finish off the german team and the german performance looked far more like the english performance in terms of two or three you know clear sort of one on one chances that they that they missed, and I find I found myself thinking that the German fans were now having the typical sort of English experience of moving away from the game and going, "Well, if we'd taken this chance and then take the other, it would have been a different game." But actually, when it came down to it, the clinical side just did what they did—they, you know, what they do best—and they kept their cool heads and they took their chances, which, as I say, is completely the, the wrong way round. So, over a, over a sort of twenty-four hour uh, period. Um, uh, I thought the tennis was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Thought it was a, a great game. Thought the football first sixty-seven minutes was um, to be respected in terms of what they did, but wasn't necessarily very exciting in terms of actually a game to watch. And then just two electric moments, you know, in the last fifteen minutes, where uh, the game plan kicks in. Grealish comes on. You know, Shaw finds himself with a bit more space. Uh, we break. Um, you know, on a couple of occasions, and, and, and bang, you know, one nil, and then bang, two nil, and then all over. Um, and so, it's a bit of a bit of a u- unique experience, I guess, as a, as a sports fan looking at those two events. We'll have to wait and see what what comes out. Uh, you know, as, as we progress in in both tournaments. Wednesday. I thought I'd do one more section while I was out uh, walking, simply because it kind of, it kind of talks to this a little bit, though. It's not walking; it's running, and no, I'm not going to run and try and record a section of the podcast at the same time. Um, I'm out. I'm just about to. I'm walking down towards the village. Uh, Castle Hill's on my right, looking fantastic on, on such a beautiful day. Um, and the village is looking great with the church that stands absolutely amazingly in the centre um, as, as a lot of churches do um, as you approach villages they, they seem to have you know great positions in which to stand and the breeze is just picking up um, a little bit you can probably hear that on the uh, on the audio um, though I have found a Another windshield, so or another pop shield, so the plosives will be down even if the wind is if the wind is up. But we'll have a listen to it and see if we can use this bit when we when we get back. Um, the, the reason for doing it outside while I'm walking is that it's it's kind of a it's kind of an exercise-related thing. I um, I've hit um, I've hit two milestones today um, in terms of running. Um, the first one is that I've gone over 500 miles. In the first six months of the year. So I've hit 504 miles at the end of June, which is actually not the halfway point in the year. If you're being technical about it, it's probably the first couple of days of July. But if we take it as six months, then I've hit the halfway point towards a thousand miles uh, at, the end of, at the end of June. I've never never done a thousand miles uh, running in a year. Um, so there's a chance that we can get there this year, which is which which is, is great. Um, And I've been focused for the last couple of months on trying to get to this, so I've done reasonably high numbers for May and June in terms of miles to get myself caught up. But the other thing is, probably a bigger thing really, uh, I've hit 100 miles for the month, which I've never done. Um, I've talked before about doing centurion months, which is in kilometres, so 62, 63 kilometres gets you a... You know a centurion month in that respect but i've never done a centurion month based on miles um and that's a you know that's a 37 mile increase on on what a you know what a centurion month is for um you know for, for km so i'm really really pleased with that it's 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 involved a few extra runs and quite a lot of effort and quite quite a few six seven and eight milers but it's great to actually finally get there <laughs> I'm sat in my uh, in my office and there's a very good chance you've seen um, the inside of my office at some point in time. So um, if you've um, listened to or seen any of the live um, Corona Diaries uh, podcasts that we've done, you'll have seen certainly part of my office. And if, you, if you've tuned into the live 942s that we've done, you might have seen it there or you might have just been on a a zoom meeting with me or some kind of virtual meeting with me at some point so you may well have have seen um have, have seen this space which is which is a bit of the garage that was converted um and if you're used to seeing me on screen you'll know that over my shoulder there's a um a picture uh, a picture of a, a fender strat and it's a very special uh picture it's um it's something that was they were done for the f- 50th anniversary of the Fender Strat which was 2004 Um, and what Fender did was they went to their audience and asked their audience just to you know their their players and just said send us a picture of you and your your Strat and what they did was they made an image uh, of a Fender guitar out of thousands and thousands of images that people had sent in of them with their with their strat Um, and if you look really closely at it you can see all the individual um, images and it's and it's really really clever and it's a cherished uh, possession uh, of mine and it used to uh, I used to work for a company called Academy of Sound and it used to hang in my office uh, at Academy of Sound and then uh, when I left uh, I you know I asked if I could take it take it and take it with me and it's been in my office wherever I've been ever since. Now it's really special to me and it's uh, special to me uh, mainly because it was given to me by a really good friend um, who was my key account manager uh, at Fender, um, uh, a chap called Dan and uh dan and i got to know each other when i started at academy of sound so probably 2002 2003 time and he used to call uh in a couple of times a month and we did a lot of work because uh, i was buying guitars for you know 11 music stores so there was a lot of work involved in keeping fender guitars and basses and amps you know replenished for that for that number of music stores so we we saw a lot of each other and we were similar age and became you know became really really good friends um I, I something caught my eye on Facebook um, the other night and um, Dan Dan passed away um, he passed away two days ago uh, very very suddenly um, and and it, it's really I, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of really get to how much of an impact this is, has had on me um, he was he was an absolutely incredible. Um, human being, a full of life human being, uh, a larger than life human being there's there's, there's 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 no other way of looking at it. and we you know we became became sort of close very quickly and very quickly went from being you know colleagues to 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 being friends and uh, ended up bumping in into each other and and you know and keeping a friendship going over the years even after I'd left. Uh, academy and we didn't have a structured reason um to stay in contact um and to to have to have him taken um so so suddenly um is 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 cruel is cruel it's cruel beyond cruel um i've i found myself today sat, um, in uh, Coffee Evolution in Huddersfield, I've been in town to have my haircut, and um, and I, I wanted to write to uh, Max, who's the eldest of his, his two boys, and uh, and I found myself dropping Max a note and putting in there just a, f- a few memories and a, f- and a and a few sort of thoughts with regard to Dan, and um, and just I I finished this note and, and, and sent it um and and found that i there were just tears um streaming down my face I, I didn't even realize i was i was crying at that point um but um just thinking back on on some of the amazing times we had and some of the when i when i've seen some of what people have have written uh I, on facebook what what's become very evident very quickly is that um the way i felt about him and the closeness i felt and and how how I classed him as a you know a very very good friend as one of those people that really touched you he 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 did that to many many people um there was you know th- these these stories just kept coming of people who were saying he was one of my best friends he was somebody who really meant a lot to me he touched me in a certain way and and I think he was just one of those one in you know one in a thousand one in ten thousand kind of guys who just who just did that um for us, I remember one day um, he um, he rang me, and for whatever reason, I'd called him Danny Boy uh, in one of the meet in in one of our meetings or what have you. And and the next time he rang me, I picked the phone up and just sort of said, uh, "Hi, it's Anthony." And, uh, and 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 he just said. Uh, uh, this is Danny Boy, Danny Boy calling broadsword, Danny Boy calling broadsword. And from then on, we had our own little where eagles dare, you know, homage that we did. And that became our thing. That just became our thing. I became broadsword. He became Danny Boy. And that stuck for the 15, 16 years after that. So, Dan, thanks for the smiles. Thanks for the laughs. Thanks for the memories. Um, thank you for living your life the way you lived your life. Um, and And take it easy. Friday the noise you can hear in the background uh, is the North Sea um, and I'm just walking over some stones down to the beach um, at Filey uh, on what is a, 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 a nice evening it's, I, 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 won't, I couldn't tell you it's a July evening in terms of it it's got that edge of cold that you get on the on the east coast. Um but it's 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 nice. It's low level of cloud. And it's just nice to be here. And I I decided this week I want I really knowing that we were we were coming away for the weekend. I really wanted to record the final section of of this week's TFM down here. And and there's a real there's a real reason why it's 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 for it's fallen In a serendipitous way with the news um, that I talked about yesterday of my friend Dan. Um, Dan lost his dad uh, very young in life. Uh, It was one of the things, he'd lost his dad when I first met him. And um, they used to go on holiday when they were, you know, as a family when they were younger, uh, to a place uh, called Trevone, which is uh, a little little inlet, little bay, um, just outside Padstow in Cornwall. And his dad loved it there. And when his dad passed away, the family, um, the, the family put a, a, a bench for him on the cliff top overlooking the sea. And very early on, this is something Dan told me really early after we'd first met, and, um, and what we used to do then was that every time we went down to Cornwall, and, and we've always been fairly regular visitors to Cornwall, every time we went down to Cornwall, we went and we 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 found the bench and we went and we just sat and had had an hour with dan's with dan's dad and looked out to sea and i'd always message dan and just say look you know sometimes he didn't even know we were going i just messaged him and say just just popped in to see you dad he passes on his best um and you know and he and he's well and and we're looking out over sea over the sea and and the world feels like there's some sense of order um, which was something that, that we got into a habit of doing, and to be able to talk about that whilst I look out over the sea, just feels like the right. It feels like the right thing to do. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about today um, was I've gone with two song titles for the for the podcast um, for the episode this week, and and they're both. As you'd expect, they both um, relate to Dan. And there's a whole number of ones I could have gone with. I mean, nothing but a good time poison. I mean, for a for a man who lived his life to enjoy every every one of those moments, and there was plenty of ones I could have could have picked that really epitomized him and, 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 and his his approach to life. But I've gone with I've gone with Fergal Sharky, I've gone with a good heart because that's what he was. He had an incredible heart. It was it was just this big this big massive just really good heart that he had and it and it shone through and you know and so it 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 felt right to to put that down and he liked a bit of High Camp and he liked a bit of the 80s so that would have worked as well and the other the other one is uh, is Hell Yeah which is a um, a Neil Diamond uh, tune And, and when Neil Diamond did an album I think it was called 12 Songs and it was kind of his, he's kind of this kind of comeback album. It was a guy called Rick Rubin who produced it. And Rick Rubin was the guy who did the Johnny Cash recordings. And these, these songs were stripped back and they were just acoustic songs and they were all new songs. And the album was fantastic. The, the first single was a song called Delirious Love. And I remember Dan coming in and saying to me, I've got this great album. It's amazing. I can't stop playing it. And I said, That's funny. I've got a great new album as well. And we both said, Neil Diamond and and we both love that album and if you listen to um, Hell Yeah and if you listen to the lyrics and you listen to what it says particularly the message at the end then it it just seems apt so an album that both of us really liked uh, an artist that we both had a soft spot for particularly that which stands up as a great piece of work that song whilst not being the obvious one Delirious Love would have been the obvious one but. There's something about the Lyric which just seems to, to fit and be right right for this week. So I can't tell you I'm not still struggling with it. I can't tell you that I've not had a few you know, moments where I've found myself staring out into nothing over the last couple of days, and I'm going to have a load more. Uh, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. Um, the, when you lose somebody like that, you're, it's, it, you're going to keep coming back to it. But somehow being here and just thinking about the memories that I've got of him and the good times that we had, there's at least some sense of, not order, that's the wrong thing to say, but some sense of of balance and and some sense of coming to terms, terms with what's gone on for me um, this week. I hope you well. I, ho- I, hope, I hope you know everything's going OK in your world. Um, and we all have weeks, days, weeks, months, whatever like this. Um, my turn this week. Um, but you know, we really do need to stop worrying about everything other than stop sweating the small stuff, I guess. Anyway, with the sound of the, the North Sea in the background, I'm going to leave you. Have a, have a really great weekend. And, just just hug those people that are close to you when you get the chance because um, you don't know how long you'll be able to do that. Um, right, I'm signing off. I'll talk to you next week.